Hi there and good day. Welcome to North Bay's Heritage Diary. Listen up and we shall weave for you tales of days and times gone by which can inform today and show the way to tomorrow. This Municipal Heritage Committee podcast looks at our town, our people, and our stories. This time we open the diary of our shared past, take another look at North Bay and its politics and politicians with Colin Vezina. Something like 30 years with the North Bay Nugget. He met all sorts of people, has all sorts of stories to tell. Politics. Did you, did you ever have an urge? I mean, <clears throat> it's been done before. Uh, media guys run for office. Did you ever? Because you've got the background here. You're from here and all that sort of stuff. I was asked <laughs> a couple of, not by the majors, not the provincial or the federal, uh, but, yeah, I was asked a couple of times <clears throat> to consider a running for council, and at the expense of sounding vain, I suspect my chances were reasonably good because mm-hmm. a lot of people know me. Yep. Um, but, no, uh, I saw so much of it, and, I mean, you were part of it for, what, four years? Nine years. Nine, my heavens there, look at that. Um. I, I saw so much of it, and I saw the amount of work that goes into it in the ridicule. And as a newspaper guy, regardless of what you do, well, perhaps not reg- as editor, you take a lot of guff, but um, a real lot of guff. And you do talk about developing a shell. Um, I, 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 got a, I got a pretty good introduction when I served on the police commission, and the first year I was a member, the second year I was the deputy, and the f- remaining four years I was the chairman of the police commission. And, and um, that was very interesting, and, and I thoroughly, so thoroughly en- enjoyed that. Um, you know, I learned we had to go before council to present the budget, and mm-hmm. mind you, we had the avenue that, that if council objected, then we could go to OCOPS and, and go over their head, but you don't like to do that. Um, and we didn't have to because we justified our budget. But uh, it's a, uh, it's in in a, in a way I guess I ran, but but I was never elected to anything uh, on on a political scene. But I have great respect for the men and the women who serve, particularly on council. Um, when you serve federally and provincially, well, that's a horse of a different color. You have a lot of responsibility. When you serve municipally, and you're nine years, you know about it, and you're, I mean, you're Pete Hanley, everybody knows you, but you think back how many times you and Pam are out shopping someplace or at a hockey game or anywhere, and someone would approach you, the phone would ring, this was wrong, that was wrong, and I don't, I'm not sure that, that I could handle that without mm. wanting to climb through the, the social phone. stuff now is makes it even worse yeah yeah uh, that that whole social uh, media now is a whole new story i mean you talk about city council um, um you you must have dealt i mean something like 30 years with the you you were around for a lot of different mayors right oh yes yeah yeah where do how far back do we go um, do you remember any about the mayors when you were a kid Oh yeah, I remember um, Bill Stones in uh, 1944-45, and uh, 
there at, at at the winter carnival uh we he had a he had a, this very very heavy um scott accent okay and you get him single singing jingle bells and i mean it didn't sound anything <laughs> like jingle bells okay. and and he just he'd do that you know down where the museum is now that used to be the cpr, CPR station. station and then there was jl shaw who who owned the um the uh, pop factory there at Coca-Cola. And then said Price, who started uh, Price Signs. And T.M. Palmer was the jeweler. And T.M. was a, TM was a good guy. And he, was, uh, he served in 50-51. I'm just looking at a few notes I have here. Followed by Art Beattie. And then in 54... The whole town blew up because a man by the name of Merle Dickerson came oh, on scene. Yes. And Merle took this town by storm. And he served 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, and 1960. And the establishment here, and every community has its establishment. We have one here now. Yeah. And they tried everything to get rid of this horrible man i mean they threw art Beatty up against them and 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 tm palmer and said price and bill crone and 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 uh rennick and uh brown didn't matter the people kept electing him and so merle left town then for a while and cease hewitt uh, who was a, just a delightful guy. Can we just go back to Merle for sure. a bit? Because, well, there's I mean, more on him. He, okay. he made a comeback. Yeah, but he, he also, did he not, in some respects, put North Bay on the map at that time period? Didn't he, didn't, something about uh, well, this race is, a dog team? and Well, yeah, at the Royal York. But he was for for the next four years. C. Stewart was the was the mayor. Was a gentleman, wasn't he? He was very much a gentleman. Yeah, the very, complete very opposite much. of Merle. Oh in a yeah, sense. he was just so so polite. He looked a little bit like Jimmy Stewart, you know, very <laughs> laid back and and hello, Cease Harvey. Well, it's so kind of you to ask about my welfare, and he meant it. Yeah, he couldn't get over the fact that people stop and say hello, and he said, "Well, you're the mayor." You yeah. know. Yeah. So in 1966, Merle made a comeback. Merle came back to North Bay. One of the first things he did was he ran for mayor. And he was elected. And he, there was the big battle in, in, uh, in 60, 68, 69. Don King went up against him. Because Merle and Don King, remember, there, there was annexation in 1967. Mm-hmm. 1968, I'm sorry. It wasn't amalgamation was annexation the city annexed the both the two townships west ferris and winterfield. west ferris and winterfield and there was the big the big battle and merle beat don king out by 130 votes that's how close it was for the mayor's job and merle stayed in until 1971 and then bruce goulet uh, came on the scene 72 and he he beat Merle out by about 500 votes. And then Merle came back in 74, and he beat Goulet. And then he beat Goulet again and again. 
And then Jack Smiley, Dr. Smiley, took him on, and Merle beat him. But when we had the, the you remember, the, the, the Winter Carnivals here were just remarkable. Huge. And Merle was a showman in many regards. And so to promote the Winter Carnival, the very staid owners of the, the Royal York, and Merle had alerted, told my brother Bob, who was in Toronto at the time, what he was going to do. So the Toronto Telegram was there, and, and the Star found out about it, the Globe found out about it. And Merle drove a dog team. I think he, he arranged the dog team through the late Dr. Murray Leatherdale, who was a great dog lover yeah. and racer and whatnot, and historian. And historian, right. And, uh, yeah, he raced this thing through there twice. Well, I mean, the place went nuts. And, and if you know how staid the place was at the time. And Merle thought this was wonderful. And he had this toque on that was, you know, about three feet long and, and this great, wonderful, furry coat. And, and, uh, everybody thought it was great. The next day, it's plastered all over the, the front page of the Globe, the Star, the Toronto Telegram this mayor from North Bay and, 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 and this carnival. The carnival was an outstanding success. People came up from Toronto and area, southern Ontario, to see what North Bay was all about with this mayor who had a dog team. And Merle had promised them that, that he'll run up and down Main Street and, and let them drive the dog team. Well, of course, when they got here, there wasn't any dog team. I mean, they, you know, but that was Merle. Um, he played fast and loose with a number of different things. Well, there's a little matter of, you know, the hydro that yeah. uh, he pirated. sort of wasn't paid for. There was a matter when he was a contractor of certain culverts that had a start and had a finish but no middle. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, two feet in this end, two feet in that end. Well, the inspector will approve it. He'll see it. That's there. So Merle got about eight driveways out of one or seven or eight driveways out of what would be one normal uh, hunk of galvanized uh, metal. Um, Merle got into a bit of a gambling situation in, in, uh, in 1980. In the summer of 1980, he was caught. He was caught out on, at a Chinese restaurant, a then Chinese restaurant on the uh, Castle Street or Toad Lake Road, and a bunch of people were charged, and of course, a lot moral as well. And he was brought out to the jail, and the correctional officers out there were just terribly offended that Merle was in there, and it was just until his bail was was uh, arranged. And the normal procedure is, of course, when you're lodged in jail, that you're locked up mm -hmm. and registered, and so on. Mm -hmm until someone brings the bail and the JP signs the papers. Well, Merle was in the in in the orderly room with the with the COs, the correctional officers, and, and having sandwiches and drinking tea and coffee and and telling them songs and dances and entertaining them until finally whoever put the bail up for him came out and got him and well thanks and, and, and he told me, Merle told me this. He said I said, What'd you say, Merle? He said, Well I said, Thank you, boys. He said, uh, I enjoyed my visit and he said, But uh, he said, I wanna see you, but I don't want to come back here. So and that was Merle. Yeah. And he was 
you know, he was he was held out of office because he was convicted by this judge from Timmins, who chided Merle terribly and and just went up one side of him down the other and and I suppose it was proper, but the people in North Bay didn't think a whole lot of that. I mean, all Merle was doing was playing a little cards. I mean, you know, and the fact that he was the mayor is, is beside the point. And Merle, Merle came into my office at the Nugget. I was editor then, and uh, he always called me pal for some reason. And he said, well, pal, how are you? And I said, well, how are you? And I said, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, Merle, why don't you, why don't you run again? You'll, you'll get elected. And he said, do you think so? I said, well, of course you will. And I said, tell you what, why don't you say, I'll be back. Just that, I'll be back. And I said, if you say that, I'll put it in quotation marks, and I'll put it in the red headline of tomorrow's paper that you're coming back. And he said, okay. And if you look in the nugget back in the summer of 80, 81, I guess it was, um, that's what it said. I'll be back. And, of course, the establishment went absolutely crazy about this <laughs> bandit and this criminal yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Merle was, uh, Merle was re-elected, and he stayed there until, um, until he got sick, until he, well, until he got sick, until he died of cancer. And uh, Stan Lawler succeeded him. Uh, was he, he was the, the most, deputy mayor. Was he the most colorful politician oh, we've had here, would yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, Don King, Don King could hold his own. Uh, he, was, he was outspoken. And, and, I mean, this is a guy, Donnie King, who served with the Algonquin Regiment, who was very seriously wounded uh, in, in, in the Normandy invasion, following the Normandy invasion, and came back here and uh, supported so strongly by his wife and uh, made a business, and, but he was, he was the Riva Whittafield at the time and terribly, terribly outspoken. And, um, he got involved with the Northgate business. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the old Boiva property. And it was Don who, in large part, who, who engineered that. You know, so it was our first shopping mall. It was, you? yeah, the first, the first major one, I think, of that size in, in north, well, north of Toronto, as it were. Well, no, Barry had a big one, but certainly in northern Ontario. Um, I think of Jack Smiley. Jack was uh, Doctor Smiley, but I mean, he, you know, everybody loved Jack because he, he was like a C. Hewitt almost, wasn't he? He not? was, and I mean, he, you know, he. When your pet was, was, was hurt, Dr. Smiley would fix your pet. And, I mean, how do you not like Jack? Um, I just, as far as color's concerned, yeah, no one. No one was in, was in Merle's league. Uh, I, I think of guys like John C. Hopper and, and uh, oh, Don Grassy, Don the Count Grassy. And, I mean, they're always saying things that, you know, got the pot rolling and, and roiling. But um, nobody was in, and I, I can recall, in, 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 uh, in Merle's class, as it were. He, he hated the establishment, and the establishment hated, hated him. him. I remember once I was with him out at the gardens. In those days, there was an arena commission. Yep. Uh, 
uh, Rennick was the uh, Clarence Rennick was Clarence the chairman, Rennick, yeah. and I was I happened to be with Merle. I was a reporter, and and J.G. Uh, Stevenson was uh, in charge of of Canadian long year, and that was a big big thing. And J.G.A. Stevenson was part of the, very much a part of the establishment in the 60s. And uh, anyway, um, he was very involved with, with the North Bay Skating Club. And his reason was out at the garden and at the gardens. And for what, I guess there was an arena commission meeting and Merle was there. And that must have been it. Anyway, uh Merle said hello to J.G.A. Stevenson, and Stevenson said, I'm not talking to you. And Merle said, well, that's fine. And he said, you're a crook. And Merle turned on him, and he said, yes, I'm a crook, but I'm an honest crook. And he said, the next time you say it, it's going to cost you a lot of money in civil court. And Stevenson shut up right there. And there it was, Merle. I'm a crook, but I'm an honest crook. I mean, this was Merle. I have one more little story about Merle. Go ahead. I, again, I was with Merle. He had two cars, you know. He had a really good car, and then he had this old flopper. It was about a 1951 whatever, and and it was a dreadful color. It was some terrible odious green or something, and the fenders were rotting. He'd pull us out at election time, and uh, I was with him. And we were going out Castle Street, and, and the late Morris Brown decided that, that he would run for mayor. And everybody knew that Merle, there were certain things he did that wouldn't necessarily meet the requirements of the law. And so Brown called him. He said, vote Brown for a cleaner town. Mm-hmm. Vote Brown for a cleaner town. And this is what he advertised in the Nugget and said on CFCH and so on. And I was with Merle, and he didn't smoke, and Merle didn't drink. And so, again, I, I happened to be with him for whatever reason. He was the mayor, and there were a bunch of city guys working at the corner of King and Castle Street. Merle said, I'm going to pull over here, pal. And I said, well, okay. I don't care. And Merle approached the guys. This is just prior to election time. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, can I borrow your, uh, borrow your tobacco? Everybody rolled their own cigarettes then. Yeah. And he said, can I borrow your, uh, your tobacco? He said, I left mine in the car. And, and, uh, and I thought, Merle doesn't smoke. And so he rolled a cigarette and, and put it up to his lips and lit it and held it. This was to be part of the gang. And he said, uh, complimented the, the way that the guys were, were working. And he said, well, I got to go, boys. I just wanted to say hello. He says, an awful thing, you know, that that fellow Brown is saying. He says, vote Brown for a cleaner town. He said, when, when I'm away at the conventions, I talk about the way you fellows keep our city streets and sidewalks looking. He said, it couldn't be any cleaner than they are right now. Yeah, you bet your life, Merle. You're damn right, you know. And that was it. We were there. Five, I mean, he won a vote. Sneaky. Of course, but that was Merle. Yeah. Yeah. He never shut off. What about Dick Donnelly? Dick Donnelly, with this city, was so incredibly fortunate to have a man like Donnelly. Um, Dick, Dick watched. Nobody, no one tried to pull any fast yeah. stuff on council because Donnelly always sat in the same spot 
And his stomach would bother him, so he'd get up and walk back and forth with his hands behind his back. Didn't say a word. But here's somebody trying to talk, and Dick would do it deliberately to throw the guy off. And then he'd launch. It's just like he was in court. He ran for mayor in 1980-82, up against Smiley and Lawler. And uh, he came close to being elected. But, he uh, was acting mayor for a while when, he, when Merle was unable to serve or something that's like right, that, yeah. right? He was the deputy mayor, yeah. yeah. And, well, this is when Merle got thrown in the can, you yeah. see, yeah, at that time. But then when Merle got sick, well, then Stan Lawler, later to be mayor, of course, was the deputy mayor, and he just he took over as mayor when Merle died. But yeah, uh, uh, Dick, di- Dick uh, served as, as mayor, until there was an election, and he very nearly got elected, but Jack Smiley beat him out by about uh, 1,600, 1,700 votes. I can, I can remember Donnelly taking the skin off. We counseled to have some big-time operator from Toronto yep. or somewhere come yep. Going to and dazzle try, and, the try and dazzle the oh, yeah. peasantry. Yeah. <laughs> Dick, just see him coming through the door, and he think, oh, boy, he just sharpened his incisors, that's all, you know. Yeah. And yeah. rip me right. He'd take them apart bit by bit, just like a cat playing with a mouse, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think we were so fortunate uh, to have had him uh, on council because nothing, nothing got past him. And... If he wanted something, it was for the good of the city. He, he, was not, he was not a politician in the sense that he was in there for gain. As you know, he was a very successful criminal lawyer. Mm-hmm. And had I got myself on a jackpot and at any time, it would have been to, to, as they call him, Dirty Dick. I would have gone to Richard F. for sure. Yeah. 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 The police guys hated him. I mean, they admired him, but they hated him because... They had to be right on the ball with their evidence because he'd pick a hole in yep, something. Yep, and yep. What do you remember about Jack Garland? Big Jack, he was, he was a very gracious individual. And I remember walking down the street once with, with Jack. He had been at the Nugget. He was going downtown, and Mort Feldman sent me downtown for something, and I went. I walked with Jack. And we're at the Empire uh, Corner, of uh, Fraser and and uh, McIntyre and this gentleman who worked for the ONR he was a section man and retired and his name I believe yeah he worked there and his name was Grassy he was just maybe five foot four if that and a very very solid individual and here's Jack Garland 380 400 pounds six foot four and we were crossing the street, and Mr. Grassy said, Hello, Mr. Garland. And, or, hello, uh, hello, Jack. And Jack Garland always wore a Homburg, and he tipped his hat to Mr. Grassy, and he said, Mr. Grassy, how are you? And he said, I'm a fine. And Jack said, Good. Thank you for saying hello. Put his Homburg, didn't, didn't stop, put his Homburg back on, and kept walking. I mean, this is the kind of guy he was. Beautiful voice, too. Beautiful. When, when Diefenbaker was elected in 1957, we were talking. Again, I was speaking with, with Jack Garland, and he said, and I quote, what a dreadful day for Canada, end of quote. 
of course, a conservative government, and I mean the very nerve of the populace to elect a conservative government, and you know, and to replace uh, Saint Laurent and and the rest of that gang, you know, without long before Pearson came in, and uh, yeah, what a dreadful day for Canada, Colin, a dreadful day, and he was somber about it, you yeah, know, and, yeah. yeah. So and then, of course, when Diefenberger came back in again with the, with the majority government, well. I mean, Jack Garland went in with an enormous uh, edge, but still, it was it was awful because he was in opposition. Yeah, we worn you out. I'd like to get you back and talk more about okay. these politicians sure. and, and politics, but I think we've we've run the gamut for today. And I really want to thank you for uh, for coming in. And oh, you're welcome. One of our one of our prime volunteers here in the city of North Bay. Uh, Colin Vesna has been our guest, uh, former Nugget Everything, for about 30 years. So, Colin, thanks again for You're for welcome, your Peter. Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to our stories. These productions are put together by the North Bay Municipal Heritage Committee, not only to retell old tales, but hopefully to kindle interest in area history. Local lore is important to any community. We shouldn't let it go unremarked and unremembered. Views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Corporation of the City of North Bay or its employees. Join us next time when we flip another page of the diary of our shared past. You can reach us at peter.corello at cityofnorthbay.ca. Production, Keely Ducharme, Pete Handley speaking.